Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Make It Work Podcast. This is our fourth episode. Yeah, we went this far. I can't believe it. We didn't quit. (laughs) We didn't. But we're persistent. We're like a cockroach. (laughs) We're going to make it work. Please do not forget to like, share, subscribe to this YouTube channel. Also, this is available for streaming on all streaming platforms where you can find a podcast, where you can find any type of content that you watch, listen to, ignore. We will be there. So you need to go to whatever your preferred streaming site is, no pressure, and just join us there. Thank you. And leave us a comment. Don't make it seem like we're screaming into the air. <laughs> That's lonely. And don't forget to don't forget to follow us on social media. So it's at make it work. W-E-R-K pod. Yeah work like as in Britney Spears make it work bitch yes I am your host Tam with my other host the illustrious the very fashionable Christian Garza hi again yes okay so this week we're gonna talk about fast fashion and we're gonna try to be objective but the facts are the facts and they may be you know they may sway you they may not you may not care Christian, let's start off with you. Fast fashion. Oh gosh. First thing that comes to mind when you think about fast fashion. I think right now it I think of oil, <laughs> environment, waste. Um, yeah, it runs the gamut. For me, fast fashion because I'm a shopper. I'm not ashamed or afraid to admit that I shop. You know, I shop, therefore I am. I like to buy <laughs> As an American, that's how I show my freedom is by buying mm-hmm. things. Sometimes buying things I don't need. And fast fashion came at a very pivotal time in my life. It was the going into adulthood, preteen, that whole stretch. You know, it got from you buy something, you have it for a long time, and you wear it till you simply can't fit it anymore, to you buy stuff just to buy it all the time. You're wearing a different outfit all the time. You're posting pictures. Forever 21 is the first thing that comes to mind. H&M had its second big impact on me. Zara, when I got a teeny bit more money and a little bit older. And then the most recent, Sheen. The lowest of the low. (laughs) And that's what I think about when I think about fast fashion. That quick, that $10 outfit. I'm wearing fast fashion today. I want to be on theme. This dress was like $6 from Forever 21. It's not good, but you can't beat that. And well, in keeping with our theme, I also chose an outfit, but on the opposite side of the spectrum. So I got this shirt from a thrift store. It's a like vintage Tommy Hilfiger. Um, it was a long sleeve button up and then I cut it up, made it short sleeve and now it's ready for the summer. Oh, I love watching your TikToks where you're like chopping clothes and cutting and sewing them and stuff. You make it look so easy and fun. Oh, yeah. When I take my sewing machine out, it's war. Yes. But yes, I think the first thing we should talk about is like the environmental effects that fast fashion has had um, with all the mass production of clothing and how marketing marketing makes it seem that, you know, clothing is one-time wear and and, uh, disposable. Yes. I think that's the biggest problem with the environmental piece is that the marketing does really make to the young and impressionable, right? And people that don't necessarily have an education in fashion or background in that. It makes it seem like this is okay. And it's very harmless. And, you know, America, we're capitalists. So anything that is affordable 
and mass produced, it's it's kind of marketed to you like, oh, this is okay, and just get one. Like they got hundreds, just go get you one. You're gonna miss out. Do it right now. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was watching a documentary. Um, it was on, I think it was on Hulu, but it's the True Cost. I think you recommended it, right? Mm-hmm. And it was just saying about how like, you know, we're marketed to think that you know it's fine. You better get it now because, whereas in the past. Uh, if you wanted something or you found it in the store, it might be there in a couple of weeks. You have time to decide. Whereas now everything's so quick in the turnaround, you better get it now because it won't be there. And like, I think trends are way more like on the forefront where before people built a wardrobe and they had staples like, oh, every person needs like a black pant and a white button up shirt and like a good coat and blah, blah, blah. Fast fashion has sped that up so much and made things that you probably wouldn't ordinarily buy, like people in previous times, like they're not going to get a lime green trench coat and they're not going to get a glitter, you know, pair of pants and this and that, because it's just not, you know, it's a costume for them. Whereas with fast fashion, it does, I don't want to say force you, but it allows you to have this crazy range in the way that you dress, which kind of is unprecedented in previous times, not even royalty, like the royals were getting clothes made and wearing them for months, wearing them for a whole season. Right. So in the past, even the richest people in society did not have an endless like cycle of clothes. It's, it's not, it hasn't been a normal ever until the current time period that we're in now. I was reading this book. It's called Overdressed, the shockingly high cost of cheap fashion. Mm-hmm. And it was just showing that uh, whereas, you know, inflation, everything is, the cost of everything has moved up and the cost of uh, fashion has actually moved down. And so that's why people, their expectation of what they're going to pay for something is cheaper. And that, you know, the turn of the century, people would spend way more of their salary on their garments because they would, you know, use them repeatedly and it would last them, you know, a season. And, uh, you know, like in fashion, in the industry, you used to have, you know, spring, summer, fall, winter, and now they're making up like crazy, you know, resort, Saturday yeah. night, Friday, mm-hmm. Easter dress. Yeah. <laughs> it's any occasion. It's, of course, it works into their benefit because they want you to keep come back. And that's why all these other seasons were produced. It's because whereas somebody would come into the store, you know, four times a year, to get that, you know, staple for that season. Now they want you coming repeatedly because they, you know, they want you to come back and they want you to spend their your money. Yes, even I noticed recently with higher end collections that haven't really done this in the past. They may have been inspired by or had certain pieces, but it's like, oh, summer and then festival wear. Like, what the hell? I'm not just gonna wear my summer whatever I bought for me for the summer collection, you know, my butterfly top, and try to make it go with the festival. No, it's a whole nother season. It's festival season, and you got to get your hippie yes. costume from us. Like, I've never received these type of emails until like the past two years. Weird. I didn't know that like luxury was already doing that, like accepting yes. it. Yes. It makes like, sense. They need the money. I think the other thing that does not maybe get talked about enough with the fast fashion piece but it's it's a big deal 
it's the finance part, right? Companies now, especially in our capital society, the goal is to always be higher and higher and higher for the stockholder. And that's the case with fashion as well. A lot of the fashion houses aren't independent designers anymore, like making clothes to make their living. They're owned by these giant conglomerates that want to push it forward and make money for their stockholders and all of that. So we need to mass produce all of these things. We need to sell it. Like you're saying, make up seasons. I don't care. Push this stuff out. Mm-hmm. And then it's at lower and lower cost to the for production, right? So now we're seeing like leggings and sports bras made by designer houses with just like the logo on the band. And they're selling at these high prices. I think that also makes people feel like, oh, overall, it's just to rip off the whole thing. So yeah, I'm going to go to the cheapest fast fashion brand and just buy a box of things and whether I wear it or not is of no consequence. Cause you know, I got it. I got 30 outfits for $500. Yeah, exactly. Like people would relate it, you know, so it's all relative to like cost is. So instead of buying that one garment, that's like $700, but like, look what I can get for $700. Yes. And I even and hear the women co- talk like that. Yes. And it's crazy. Cause you know, you have this closet full of clothing and you know, we only use like a small percentage of our closet the entire time. And so like how often, you know, they have all this excess of clothes, but I guess that's the part of, you know, America and our culture is like excess, but that's a whole other topic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't realize how bad, like the one-time wear element of the clothes was until I talked to a guy, because I feel like as a woman, you're kind of not used to that, but you know, you change quickly, you grow up this week, you're into like Lindsay Lohan and this and that. And the next week you want to dress like Destiny's Child. Like, so you're, going back and forth, especially when you're younger. But I was talking to my cousin and he was saying, oh, he, he'll he buy something from Sheen because it's cheap, like, oh, a tracksuit or this or that just to wear out to wear around the house. But after he washes it, he feels played because I can't wear it anymore. And that annoyed him enough to be like, I'm not going to buy this anymore. Whereas women, we accept it and we're like, that's fine. I bought 30 outfits for my vacation trip, whether I wear it or like, who, whatever. <laughs> Because, yeah, I could have bought one nice dress for $300, but instead I got all this stuff from Sheen. And it just, it is what it is. And that's actually, like, why men's clothing costs more than women's. Because women will spend, they'll spend, or they're willing to spend less on it. Like, men, they usually, traditionally, they purchase something. They're willing to, like, spend more for it because they're anticipating getting more wear out of it. Yeah. Whereas women have already accepted, it's like, it's a one and done. And I've seen men get so frustrated. Like, I bought this jacket and it is, and like, and while I'm sitting on the couch and sitting on the bed, like, oh, well, you don't have no more jackets? What's going on? Why only got one? <laughs> <laughs> Segwaying from environmental, like, the cost of fast fashion, and like, people, I think a lot of people, maybe they just don't have that connection of, you know, the fabric, where it comes from, especially because a lot of the clothing that we wear now is um, man made. And a lot of it's the oil connected to the oil industry and how, you know, that's impacting the environment. They don't realize how detrimental, you know, the fashion industry is to the environment and also the pollution that it costs. Um, a lot of it isn't, you know, of course, it's moved over to third world countries because they want cheap labor. And I guess that's the perfect segue into our labor and um, like human ethics. Yes. So I have have been fortunate or unfortunate enough to travel to some of these countries where they dump our clothes. And I have to use the word dump because that is what's being done. (laughs) 
And it's like every old trend, every pair of Levi's that didn't get, you know, taken up for some hipster girl's new brand to repurpose, we'll talk about later on, ends up in these countries. And it was like in Mexico, you see it. And I think in certain places, it happens under the guise of like religious charity. So churches and stuff collect all of this stuff and then they take it and they donate it to them. And what ends up happening, at least I can speak for in Africa, right? In East Africa, a lot of countries have outlawed it. They call it like Matumba because they say it damages and it's detrimental to their textile economy and their like clothing situation in their country because you're getting basically free clothes. They're dropping it off here by the ton, these giant bales. What would inspire you to make anything out here or to do anything, you know, for with our cultural natural resources or our, our prints that are of our heritage and things like that? You're waiting for that old baby fat to get here, that LeBron James jersey that's in the one in America, and you won't wear that. And then the other thing I saw a lot of was, again, what we see here, but in a in a way that Americans would not think is cool, right? Because they gave these people away to the security. You drive down the streets in like decent areas, downtown areas, and people are selling it like it would be new in a shop there because they don't have those brands there. So there, a guy on the corner has a bunch of Clarks that he's cleaned and scrubbed. You know, for American, they'd be like, "Hell no, I'm not buying that. Those are old." But for them, yeah, I want these new Opera shoes. What's up? How much pay? And it's just crazy. So much so to the point where countries are literally making legislation to outlaw our trash being taken there yeah because you're so right it's like we're just dumping our old goods a lot of people will rationalize our waste by like you know this one-time use garments and then just giving them to salvation army or goodwill anticipating that they're going to go to these people who are in need of these clothing but a lot of it ends up in the dumpster or you know in these bales that get sent off to these countries and because you know fast fashion is so like global now they now have access to you know of course they have the internet and they have Yes. these new trends because Forever 21 is affordable and it's moving to different markets. Why do they want your leftovers when they can just get the new trend at Forever 21 that's just moved into their country? Yes. And I like to thrift too, just like you. When you go to the thrift mm-hmm. store and you see the pieces, like the fast fashion stuff, it looks crazy. You wouldn't buy that. It's already ruined, essentially. You yes. want something that's like higher quality. You're trying to get maybe a designer piece or something like that for a lesser price, something that actually lasted in that other person's closet. You do not want like the Hollister jeans of the teenage girl from before. Yeah, I agree. It's so crazy to like see like, you know, you find like these vintage, you know, these great finds at these like vintage stores or secondhand. But then you also see like H&M that was there like last season. It's like, and I feel like it makes it harder also to find like gems when you're going thrifting because there's a bunch of trash out there that nobody actually wants. Yes, a Salvation Army, I cannot tell you where because it's my secret spot, but there's a Salvation Army that's <laughs> near me and they have some type of partnership. They get all this stuff from Zara all the time. They will have like two or three full racks from Zara, random assortment of things. It could be swimsuits, it could be cover-ups, they could be party dresses. And it's like, what? what is going on? Do you guys know somebody there? Or this, is this stolen? <laughs> Because this is like the stuff they couldn't sell just right now. <laughs> oh, God. People still think of, you know, sweatshops and everything, but everything's so, like, far removed. Like, even, you know, a couple of years ago, that Bangladesh um, factory, it collapsed on those people and, like, like, a thousand people died. And I feel like we kept hearing the numbers go higher and higher, but I feel like people didn't actually, you know, 
I don't know, they didn't like feel the number of people that died so that you could wear this H&M top or this Gap shirt. There, it has to be said, and sure people don't want to think they want to feel this, but it has to be said the insidious nature of capitalism and how it makes everybody involved, whether you feel directly responsible or not, it puts your hand, and you know, your conscience, if you're a religious person, in danger because you play a part in that whether you want to take responsibility or not oh i don't make the rules in bangladesh and i didn't force them to in blah 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 you're patronizing these businesses you're allowing this to happen you're helping to perpetuate the system and although you know all of us don't have a ton of money maybe we can't go and shop at more ethically made brands and all of this but you can at least be using your voice or doing something voting with your dollar to let these companies know that damn the least you could do is make sure that people have a safe place to work yeah i feel like this is also like a weird this is a fun spot to go on a tangent because you showed me also i saw it on social media today about how like the yeezus gap balenciaga how you showed me that it was in like bags on the floor he got upset or something so Kanye West has, and this is so, this is probably the most LA Hollywood type of thing that I, I have ever heard of that I'll ever say. Kanye West got a deal to do a collaboration with Gap. Makes sense, right? He did the collaboration with Adidas and went crazy. But then he discovered that he loved Dimna, formerly of Vetmont, currently at Balenciaga. And they are, you know, twin flame with their creativity, making these jail clothes, these very streamlined, simple clothes. So then he brings them on board. Oh, this is going to be Yeezy Gap engineered by Balenciaga. How does that even make sense? Oh, my God. But okay. I think it, yeah, continue. We want to share the check with everybody. I'm not mad. As a Black person, I understand trying to put your homies on. <laughs> so you guys do this. Yeezy Gap Balenciaga. Even though I haven't seen any Balenciaga branding on the stuff. Have you? No. I just imagined it was like selling their factories. Which also doesn't make sense because now you're cheapening the Balenciaga brand. Like I can just, I can, y'all make Gap stuff too? Right. Whatever. So know. here we are at Gap. The, the nice young employees, they're just doing their job. They hung up this collection. They're getting it ready because Kanye's going to walk in. They know he's judgmental. They know he's harsh. He's a creative genius, right? They do the best they can. Also, Kanye is a former Gap employee. If you don't know this, go listen to his song called Spaceship. It's on his first album ever, College Dropout. Listen to Spaceship. He used to work at Gap. He had a miserable time. That's the backstory for what's going to happen. The employees, they do their best. <laughs> they dust it. They did everything. Kanye comes in to give his approval. He freaks out. He says, no, absolutely not. He forces them to take everything off the hangers and put them in these big ass construction trash bags on the ground in the center of the store and then the shoppers i started to see the tweets pouring because you know the kids love kanye like kids used to love barney like people used to love anything <laughs> they line up they'll camp out and they were there for this easy drop they got inside they saw the bags they was confused what do we do are y'all ready y'all not ready we've been outside for a long time they said no <laughs> What it is grab yourself out the bags they said the employees did not help them find their size wouldn't help them find colors that they wanted so i'm just imagining you waited outside in this 1920s style 30s style bread line to get in <laughs> you gotta hurry up and get your size now you're in there and there's shit is in bags so you don't know what to do you're panicked you're scared you did not wait all the yes, time do you take any size do you just get the color that you want to get out of there what do you do what would you do 
Kanye said he wanted to see them sift through that trash like they were homeless people. Like, like the peasants. peasants that they are. <laughs> <laughs> you took the words out of my mind. Let these peasants fight. Yes. And record it. Yes. I want to sit back and watch it on the camera. But the, the funniest part for me was that in the song Spaceship, I'm telling you, pause this, listen to it, come back so you can get the joke. Kanye in the song talked about how they were forcing him to fold the sweaters. And you know, Gap is very precise. And he's like, oh, not enough, Kanye. Let's put it all in the front of the store. Let's do this. Let's do that. And he hated it. He was smoking outside in the mall when you're not supposed to smoke indoors. So I feel like he, he let them do their Gap job and then he came through. Uh-uh, we're not doing this. Put all that in the bags. All right? <laughs> revenge. Revenge of a former employee. We're not sorting anything out. We're not doing any go-backs. We're not we're not stocking. Anytime you get more, he's traumatized. <laughs> like Kanye, we're not expecting you to do the go backs. Like it's gonna it's be fine. fine. Don't worry about it. I'm sure he was just anticipating because I'm sure they sold out super quick, so it didn't matter anyway. Exactly, but I feel like at the least you could have done was just put a big tarp out and threw them all on the ground, so we don't got to dig through <laughs> that. It's like a swap meet. <laughs> yeah, only so many of us can fit around the bag to dig in. Just throw the shit on the ground. Yes. <laughs> Hunger Game style. That's how you want it. Uh, the quality. So, like, if these were Balenciaga, like, where were they manufactured? Was it in Bangladesh or was it in these Parisian, like, ateliers? Are they manufacturing these jersey knits? Are they making these crew neck sweaters? Mm -hmm. Or was it, okay, you're a fashion design person, major. So, was it like Balenciaga really did the work, the sketches, the tech packs, this and that, and Kanye came over? you know, during his kicking session with them and was like, yes, yes, no, I hate that. Make that gray, make that a different type of blue solid. Do you think that's what he means by engineered by? Because Gap definitely sewed these sweaters. Right? It was in collaboration that he designed them with, but I see like Kanye being like super, you know, involved in the design, right? Like I feel yeah. like he's a control freak. Yeah, so yeah, I, I feel, feel like maybe like he just sat down. But he probably went over there to the Balenciaga offices and, you know, took over for a couple of days, yelling at people, throwing things. <laughs> yes. I imagine that's how I don't think looking. anything looks great about them. It looks super plain. It looks like Gap clothes. It's Gap. It's Gap. There's nothing special about it. Nope. Anyway, they all, he sold out, I'm sure. And in three years, it will be in the landfill or worn by a teenager in Mexico City, you know. Running around. <laughs> it's all like, not like cycle, but it's all an evolution. So America had already, you know, we were manufacturing. We weren't really like design. And so, so all these Parisian houses, you know, showing their couture collections. And then, you know, somebody's sitting in front row at the 1920s. And he's like, oh, this is what's going on at Chanel, at Dior. And wiring, you know, everything to America, who would then rip off the copies. So we were, you know, the originators of, you know, before Forever 21 was ripping everybody off these like small town, like mom and pop um, department stores. So department stores were doing it first. Yes. And I then find the movie. There's a movie about this with Audrey Hepburn. <gasps> really? Yes, and it's like the guy goes and he owns a department store and he flies out like his assistant, his little team, and they go to Paris and they go to these fashion shows and they're like sneaking cameras and stuff and taking pictures of all of the stuff and then they go home and they produce it and they sell it to these like middle class women and they clamor and they fight just like the Yeezy Gap kids. 
Oh my gosh. I, I've never seen this movie. Fast forward however many years, and then we have, you know, everything becomes so costly to produce here in the States. So we move everything abroad and so everything's offshore. And, you know, that's the loss of the jobs, but also it brings down the cost of, you know, everything in the production. Also, like we talked about before, it makes people, the psyche, it makes you feel like these things are just because it's being done and no one's going to jail and it's all the time. So you don't feel like anything's wrong with it. And then you start to compare other things to it as well, because I've even been in a situation where it's like, well, I'm not going to pay, you know, $400, $500 for that dress. I'm going to go and I'm going to Google image and find the cheaper one. Well, I'm not going to give it to you. Yeah. Because it's kind of been taught to us that, you know, these places are trying to rip us off intentionally anyway. So only the cheapest person is being honest when that's the furthest thing from the truth. I think there's that, you know, how we've lost like the middle class. And so the, the disparity between um, the lower income and the top 1%, it's just like, uh, you know, all the fashion brands, the luxury ones, they've raised their prices, you know, Hermes, Chanel, Dior, they're all just climbing. Whereas, you know, the lower cost fashions, everybody's like racing to be more and more affordable because then they're trying to reach the masses. Then if you can't be the top, then you're all fighting for the bottom of who can afford us. Oh, that's a great analogy. And that's a horrible situation to be in. Like, <laughs> Are you yes. guys racing for the $1 dress? Yes. Like, when is it going to get enough? Because I already start to see places try out this idea, and I guess it's very hard to sustain so it doesn't stick. The whole, we're going to mail you a box, like, every week type thing with the outfit mm -hmm. in it on um, on subscription. Because people love a subscription business in America. That's how you get that passive Weird. income, right, while you're asleep. Yes. Mailing shit out to people and they're getting it. They're getting <laughs> These subscription boxes, and it's like, oh, take this quiz, tell me about your style, and we're just going to keep sending you stuff all the time. And if you don't want it, you'll send it back. How is that even sustainable? People's style, their mind, trends change all the time. You're going to just send stuff to me forever? And I'm going <laughs> to go out in the world and shop too? Where are you getting these clothes from? That you can give me a whole box of them for like $30 a month. So like, what? Right. And so they have these dealers, uh, have, they have these deals with all these, you know, manufacturers. And so they can, you know, they'll buy it in bulk so they can send them off to however many subscribers. And so they're purchasing massive amounts of clothing, but that's everybody. It's just like H&M, Zara. Well, Zara is the exception because they own most of a lot of their factories. But, you know, H&M really got a piece of the market back in the, what was their heyday? But because they were selling high volume. Mm -hmm. Also, I remember when it was a, a huge thing, whenever Zara, you know, their return, or their, they were so quick to hop or produce a trend and yeah. that they could get everything from, you know, creation to retail store within like two weeks i think yeah because they're vert vertically integrated completely so right they can see an idea and they send it to their factory in spain spain creates it right that day eight hour shift type and they mail it out and we have it yeah within the week within two weeks i even read an article before that said you know ancient i mean that zara and their founder became a filthy filthy rich man off that will crop him in with his network he's getting it all you go to <laughs> get on it 
So there was this article about how they are so fast, like you're saying, to the point where they can notice when something isn't working in their store, take it back and change it. So there was like this white shirt dress thing. And I guess it was on all the runways and they were trying to basically bootleg it and sell it out. It didn't work out that way because for maybe the market that the designer was selling it to didn't translate well to their customer. They took all, they pulled all these dresses, cut the sleeves off, did this and that, modified it and put them back out as something else and then sold them. So that sounds like right. Yeah, you have a that lot quick more turnaround. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it's like getting the input directly from the market and just like, oh, this isn't working. Let's alter it somehow and figure it out. That's not, I feel like that's not as bad. No, it's not bad. Not producing in quantities. Yeah. But yeah. on the on the flip side of that, right, it's we're hard on fast fashion about, you know, their lack of longevity and things like that. But I've even noticed mm-hmm. now with certain designer, higher end brands, Jacquemus is a great example. You produce this stuff and your looks are kind of always vacation-y, resort wearish, even irregardless, irrespective of the seasons. Yeah. I go on like secondhand retailer sites like The Real Real and stuff like that. You have basically stuff that just was out. Like I just saw this on the wrong way six months ago, or this was just in the store four months ago. And now it's on these reseller sites. It hasn't been worn because nobody bought it. And they're selling it at a discounted price. Now it's not as steeply discounted as the stuff that was actually pre-worn, pre-loved as they like to call it. But it's still a steep discount. So much to the point where this week I went on like a regular website. I think I was on Nukes mm-hmm. or Sense. I was on Sense. And then I went to the real world. They had the same dress. Oh, weird. So what was the cost the, difference? It was about a two, $250 cost difference. Oh, wow. So it's like some of you aren't even keeping up with the, de- you're overproducing for the demand of your customer just for the sake of, I guess, investors in your business. But there should be no way that I'm finding your current outfits with resellers mm-hmm. and in the in the regular market as well with that much of a price disparity. Right. Oh my gosh. So it's like, is your stuff fast fashion made too? And you're just charging us extra for the brand imaging? Oh, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure they're utilizing the, especially because like Giacomo's, they're in such a weird spot. They have, you know, the great accessories and everything, but I feel like their price point, I feel like if you're going to purchase that, you might as well buy the more well-known like brand. A lot of it, well, especially because like the consumer, like most of the consumers are going for the name brands rather than like, you know, their own personal style. 